They met in grad school and became really good friends. They bonded over Twilight and The Bachelor, and then they moved across the country a thousand miles apart. Thanks to quarantine, they decided to start Jordan and Rebecca Reviews. You didn't ask our opinion, but we're going to give it anyway. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Jordan and Rebecca Review Things. I'm Jordan. And I'm Rebecca. This is our very first episode. In this podcast, we read, watch, and enjoy various pop culture phenomena and bring you our unsolicited hot takes. Warning, there will be spoilers. So leave now or forever hold your peace. Today, we are talking all about... Twilight! Twilight! <laughs> Written by Stephanie Meyer and published in 2005, the summary published in the beginning of the book is, When 17-year-old Bella leaves Phoenix to live with her father in Forks, Washington, she meets an exquisitely handsome boy at school for whom she feels an overwhelming attraction and who she comes to realize is not wholly human. Ooh. I'm very excited about this episode. <laughs> For this podcast, we both had to buy the books again. Because, we've made an investment. Yeah, we've guys. made an investment. So you bought, you ordered them online. I went to a used bookstore, yep. which is mm -hmm. abiding by social distancing guidelines, and I had to wear a mask. And so I went to the bookstore, and I went to the teen fiction area, and all the Twilight books were at the very top of the bookshelf. Yeah, and, and you... Are not the very. Top I am of very short. Person. I am five two. They had a yeah. ladder that like moves, kind of like you know, <gasps> Beauty and the oh, Beast. Wow! Right. Did you live your dream? Did you like slide across? I and, was like, terrified. Sing? I have social anxiety. And so I was like, am I allowed to climb up this ladder or do I need uh, to get a staff person so to do it? So it wasn't like a fear of heights. It was a fear of doing something wrong. It was wrong. a fear of being told that I was doing something wrong. But also yeah. I was like, who cares? I just want these books. And if I'm going to buy yeah. them, they probably would welcome me getting the book so I can purchase them. So I got yeah. over my fear and I climbed up the ladder and I like yeah, got did. book by book. Uh, because if I got all of the books in my hand, I would have fallen. So anyways, all this to say, I have risked my fear of social Life anxiety. And, limb. and I climbed up to the very top of the bookshelf to get all of these books. And so we're going to do these I'm episodes. So yeah, we, we are committed to this Twilight series here. When we started talking about doing a podcast, we were like, we can review Twilight. <laughs> We're OG Twihards, so we truly are. And I, you know, there's a lot of resurgence of that right now, especially with Midnight Sun coming out today. I'm so excited. I'm getting it in the mail today, and I'm really excited. I'm just gonna get a Kindle um, so I have it right with well, me. Well, that's fine. I'm a physical book kind of person. Of course, then I'm gonna have too many books, and then I'm gonna have to give them away one day. But that's fine. With Midnight Sun coming out, everybody is like. I remember being a Twilight obsessed person in 2008 and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Rebecca, <laughs> tell us about your experience with Twilight uh, back in the day. Okay, I have two sisters and uh, I'm the middle. So we sort of, the three of us, were very into this all together. I remember reading 
Twilight in middle school. It must have been 2006 or 2007 when I first read Twilight. I don't remember if I came in on it like publishing day or something or if it was a little bit later but I remember being excited for New Moon coming out so it had to have been between 2005 and 2006. So I, w I was reading that and I remember loving it. I, I was so obsessed with this book. This is the first time I've read it as an adult human and at, since then I have always been like yeah well it's you know like I loved it as a middle schooler so like you know right. that sort of I don't disagree with that to a certain degree now because it's it's obviously got some plot holes that I didn't care about when I was 11. Right. I don't know. So there's something about this story. It's it's it pulls you in even now for yeah, me when I was reading it's it. It's nostalgic too for us yeah. because mm -hmm. you know back when we were little little girls mm -hmm. and we were just you know living life and didn't have to pay bills and stuff and the good old days we could just read a book about a dreamy vampire and he is dreamy he is pretty dreamy i mean re edward rereading the book i was like yeah i feel i feel things for this this character <laughs> yeah so i like i loved it i went to pre premieres of the books and of the movies like the did you dress up in the prom dresses no uh did people do that i think that was for eclipse yeah because it was i don't remember i do remember that one of them like you dressed up in prom dresses maybe it was for um breaking dawn you dressed up for the wedding oh i don't remember i did go to a couple of like events at borders r.i.p mm -hmm. um oh, borders <laughs> i miss borders, borders. i love borders me too my sisters and i really didn't like Barnes and Noble and mm -hmm. like we love them now because they're our only option right I mean <laughs> they're great but like what it what it very much felt like Borders versus Barnes and Noble you mm -hmm. could only be team one or the other and we were for sure a Borders I was hardcore uh, team. team Borders yeah so we I remember going to events at Borders and where I grew up did not have a Borders so we would travel to That's go to dedication bro it was <laughs> so yeah i i remember being very like very excited about these books i don't know if it's on harry potter level but it was i think an a, a very similar kind of like fan like obsession in its heyday right what about you oh me and twilight so mm. i was in eighth grade there was this girl in my grade that I was friends with and she was always reading this book and she was always talking about the book and it got annoying mm -hmm. and I would kind of tease her and make fun of her because that's all she <gasps> talked about sure and she, she would go along with it but then eventually she's like you know you should actually read the books and see and I didn't really read a whole lot at the time and I was like okay sure so she gave me her book to read and I could not put it down. I read it through all of yeah. my classes. Oh I love that. And I was I was obsessed. I finally understood it and then i was just obsessed with it and mm -hmm. that's pretty much i was, had to go straight to new moon yeah i had to go straight to new moon and then i went straight to eclipse and then uh breaking dawn was not out yet so i had to mm -hmm. wait until breaking dawn came out in august so dude it was it was quite a ride i was a uh, ride or die team edward um mm -hmm. don't talk mm -hmm. to me if you like jacob and hey. <laughs> I had a Twilight purse and I had from Hot Wait, I'm so sorry. 
please elaborate. What is a Twilight purse? Is okay. it just like a canvas bag with like yes. Edward's face on it? So around the time the movie started coming out, I went to yeah. Hot Topic. And that's that was my first. Oh, God bless. That was when my yeah. love affair with Hot Topic first started. I go really? there. Really? Yes. I was scared of it because I remember <laughs> I was a neurotic child, so I thought Hot Topic was like yeah. the devil. Did you store. bring your Bible with you? Into no, I the did Hot not. Topic? I did okay. not. Um, <laughs> okay. I was like, you know what? I love Twilight enough that I'm going to sacrifice my eternity. Anyways. Wow, just like Edward. Right. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So I Jordan wouldn't... willing to sacrifice her eternity to be with Edward. Right. So Hot Topic had a lot of stuff. Just in preparation for the movie and so there was a canvas bag with a picture of rob and kristen from the movie poster and they put it on the bag and then on the back it was a quote that was and so the lion fell in love with the lamb and i took oh, that bag with my me gosh. everywhere and i was like i'm so proud of Amazing. this bag i want everyone to talk to me about it because this is the best book ever and i also got t-shirts um, my parents bought me a blanket with Edward on wow. it. Yeah. I had a Team Jacob t-shirt that my Gross. dad bought me, but that was the only, I think, I think that was the only Twilight memorabilia that I owned besides the books. I think I probably had, like, posters. Mm -hmm. I was a big poster kid. Um, but I don't think I owned, like, shirts or bags or, or anything, really. Mm. Well... But you're missing out, man. I don't I don't think I am. So, okay. So we we love Twilight. We bonded over Twilight uh then as adults, which I think is just funny that it yes. like, permeated our adulthood. I was so happy to meet someone else who was as obsessed as I was as a child and who was as eager to like watch the movies like, get with back me. into it yes yeah <laughs> yes i was very happy i had a kindred spirit finally everybody needs that kind of friend man i had to wait he until grad school to find that but man was it worth the wait if if grad school wasn't worth anything else i'd be okay yeah you don't know I how long that. i've waited for you <laughs> so that certainly was wasn't 90 years <laughs> oh my god oh i don't even want to get into that my god <laughs> This book is so cringy. This whole plot, and you know what? It's so. I think. I think. Just to say, it's okay that this book is crappy. Twilight is guilty pleasure. You know that it's not. It doesn't really make sense, and there are lots of problematic things about it. But also, I just want to sit and relive my childhood days. Yeah. Also, a hundred percent. No shade to Stephanie Meyer. She wrote a great series. I don't think it's gonna survive two hundred years. <laughs> and be like some it might. We don't know. literary genius but it's also, we appreciated it then we still appreciate it now we just acknowledge that it's not the best book that's ever been written right in the world. well and also props to her for remembering a dream she had because i can't remember any of the dreams i have see i rarely dream but when i do it is vivid and it also doesn't make sense so i feel like i could i can relate to stephanie's experience right all right shall we move on to the plot Yes. So um, here's Jordan's guide to the plot. So this emo girl moves from Phoenix to Forks to live with her dad. And she thinks that her life's going to suck. But then she meets a boy in science class. And 
she's intrigued by him and then he becomes a vampire and her life is changed forever boom that's it that's your okay um (laughs) okay here's here's my go a child who has never had a healthy parent, so is forced to parent her parents, oh, very true. decides that as her mother's parent, it's healthier for her mother to enjoy her new marriage than for her to remain a child and have a healthy upbringing, moves to her estranged father's uh, in the Pacific Northwest where it rains, and she hates rain apparently because... I don't know. What's wrong with rain, There's people? many things wrong with rain. No. Okay. I. Moving on. <laughs> um, so then she's miserable, and but she's she's okay that she's miserable because she's a parent, and so she'll, she'll just deal with it. And then meets a hot guy in school, but he treats her like shit, but she's like, ooh, that's hot. Um, and then he treats her less like shit, and she's like, even hotter. And then they... <laughs> start dating and she realizes that he is a vampire and she's like even hotter and then another vampire tries to kill her and she almost dies and edward saves her and then he's like um i'm not good for you still and she's like you're even hotter and that's how it ends I think that's I think that's it. I really like that. That was Thank very you. good. It's really great. I just feel like the I feel like it's incredibly important to acknowledge the unhealthy parental like relationships that she has in this book. Oh, what? I don't think there's anything wrong with staying with a different parent. Like your parents are not married. Right. So and they live across the country like it's okay for you to choose to move to live with one or another. Right. But she's choosing to be miserable in the last two years of living with her parents because she'd rather live with her dad and let her mom travel with her new husband. Her mom should be, like, taking care of her daughter. Her priority should be her daughter. Yeah, Renee like, sucks. I don't like Renee. Renee sucks. And and there, I think there's a lot of trying to make her seem like she's less crappy. Like, you don't have to go. Are you sure you want to like, do oh, this? Oh, she's just scatterbrained. I know. It's like, oh, it was like hairbrained. Yeah. Like My hairbrained erratic is. mother. You are 17, girlfriend. Like, she should I be a kid. Like, I feel like she never she, got a chance to be a child. I totally agree. And, like, I understand that. Like, I'm a kid from a divorced family. Like, you have to grow up, especially when it's, when it's like, not an amicable divorce. What your parents should do is allow you to still be a child. What often happens is that you feel like you cannot be because you have to, like, take care of your your parent that you're living with. But she shows up on Charlie's door, realizes that he doesn't cook ever, and she's like, well, I guess I'm a housewife now. I will yeah. cook and do the dishes and go grocery shopping for you and I will do your laundry and I will clean your home. And I'm like, is this healthy? No. No. Well, and it makes sense that once she gets attention from a guy who's making her a priority that yeah. she's all in because she wants an exit. Cause, yeah, because neither of her parents treat her like the like a kid. I'm not saying they're not caring. They're not bad she's just taking on a lot of adult responsibility when she's 17 and should be living her life you know yeah yeah and so i feel like edward is finally 
like the the existence of Edward in her life she's finally allowing herself to experience joy or experience something other than monotonous housework right I made a running things we know about Bella tally every time a new thing we learned about Bella came in I added a new bullet point like things we know Mm -hmm. about Bella because in the movie we absolutely know nothing about Bella she has no substance until she becomes a vampire right yes and so I was really curious to see what we learn about her in the books. Mm-hmm. It might be long if you want me to go through the entire thing. I but mean, I will why do don't it. you hit the, the really interesting points? She's not verbose. She cares for her mom to an unhealthy degree, suffering for her happiness, making sure she's fed, etc. She hates forks and wet weather. Mm-hmm. She stumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's uncomfortable expressing emotions out loud. Yes. Uh, she likes being alone. She likes to stare dejectedly out the window at the sheeting rain and let just a few tears escape. (laughs) (laughs) She likes to save real crying jags for bedtime. Don't we all, though? I mean, seriously. I save it. She doesn't want to be a freak. She's physically uncomfortable. She has no Mm self-worth. She doesn't relate well to people her age. And Mm -hmm. my comment was, welcome to high school. Yep. She doesn't relate to people well in general apparently closer surprisingly she is closer to her mother than anyone else on the planet mm-hmm. she's nostalgic for institutionalized education she's nostalgic for chain link fences and metal detectors <laughs> i have things to say about that i have a lot of questions moving forward she loves strawberry scented shampoo cries when she's angry she so can't I. sleep with wind or rain sounds but like it's just white noise like i can't sleep without wind or rain sound not enormously tactful can cook is in charge of food detail has she- never seen snowfall before and thinks it's disgusting uh yes <sighs> agree you think snow is disgusting i hate snow i hate you End of co- end of podcast. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you Goodbye. for coming. Goodbye. We'll Thank see you, so you maybe never. Um, podcast is over. Has never had a boyfriend or gone to a dance. Easily preoccupied by books. Has never seen anyone request a different table except in the movies. Always has suspected that her brain doesn't work right. Slash is a freak. She likes Edward more than he probably likes her. Since she'd come to Forks, her entire life seemed to be about Edward. This is where my notes start getting smaller. Is afraid of Edward leaving her. I think that might be it. No, she knows the Phoenix airport well. She smells floral. That's it. I liked your list. Thank you for sharing. Anytime. So we have our stuff about Bella. Let's talk about the vampires in this book. So the Collins. They're so dreamy. They're so dreamy. Everyone is the most beautiful person in the whole world. Which is, I guess, a a trait of being a vampire. Isn't that kind of subjective? Very subjective. So they're described as beautiful and Bella's intimidated by them. I forgot that they had uh, dark shadows under their eyes. I did too. I would probably be concerned about that. I would be too and i i'm not sure does it get better with hunger like like if they're not as hungry are they not as dark or is it like that know. just a, i don't know i'm not sure they're just dreamy and they're this family and they were all adopted by carlisle colon and carlisle we learn 
is 24. I forgot he was He's that 24? Young. He's 24? Yeah, you obviously didn't pay attention to his chapter. He was changed at 24. And, like, it's acknowledged that Carlisle and Esme have adopted these kids who are obvious, like, they're obviously not old enough to, like, have children this age of their own. Right. So, whatever. But I didn't realize Carlisle was that young. Yeah. Wow. So, you got these two hot young people that have adopted this group of children. And then the mm-hmm. children are dating each other in the house. It's very strange. I would and, be um, concerned. Rosalie and Jasper are supposed to be twins. Right. They don't look anything alike. They do not. It's odd that... They're pairing up together and living in the same house and they're under 18, you know? It's incredibly strange. I guess I understand that they want to stay together as, like, a family mm-hmm. or a coven, if mm-hmm. you will. So I understand wanting to all live together in one, like, city or one place, wherever they end up, wherever they move. They want to stay together. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly strange to me. That they start these children who are all married to each other. Yeah. In high school. But they're like date it's But also, very why would you want to go to high school over and over and over again? Age is subjective. J Lo is fifty and looks great. You know? So these she people could just be like, Oh yeah, I'm thirty, but I look young for my age you know it's just odd to me that they're all putting themselves through high school again i feel like you if you have an eternity you should go travel and i don't know go live your life yolo you know yeah and literally yolo because you have eternity to live why are you continuing to go to high school uh it's just a device to set up bella and edward to meet each other and fall right and it doesn't make any sense for for them to actually be doing it it's very strange Uh, Let's talk about their vampirism, right? So they go out in the sun. Their skin sparkles. Yes, and it's described... um, That's chapter 13, right? He sparkles like like thousands of tiny diamonds embedded in his skin. And when I reread this, I realized that the way I imagined it is not how it's written. Mm -hmm. I think everyone... Everyone was in an uproar when the movie came out and he just was like one giant silver glitter human mm-hmm. um, because it's not how anybody imagined him. I imagined him as a diamond human, mm-hmm. so it was cut to be big shines or whatever depending on how the sun hit him. But the way it is described is thousands of tiny diamonds embedded in his skin. So right. like. It's just not how I imagined it. <laughs> I misread or whatever. Oh. I think the way I imagined it is prettier. <laughs> That's very interesting. I did not imagine it. I imagined it like the thousand tiny diamonds. but Like the movie? Right. But why um, would their skin... I don't know. Sparkle. Also, how is that enticing? Like, every single thing about them is made to pull you in or whatever that line is. Yeah. But they sparkle? The sparkling is just random. It really I don't make understand sense. how it happened. I guess we're trying to not be like normal vampires where if you go in the sun, then you burn yes. to death. Or, you know, vampire diaries, they have a ring to protect them. I feel like that would have been more feasible with these mm-hmm. vampires. But you know what? 
Stephanie Meyer created it. It's her creation. There you go. And I, I watched an interview. Like, I've, I've all of a sudden my YouTube knows that I'm doing Twilight things. But I watched an inter- an older interview uh, where they were like, did you do research on vampires? And she's like, no. I wanted to write my version of vampires. I didn't, you know, the only time I did any research for vampires was later or something like that. I thought that was interesting because it is just like, like she doesn't have to follow all the norms. She can just write her own right. like version of a well, creature. it checks out. <laughs> it's not great they're very very strong they're very very fast they smell well they hear well all of their senses are heightened they don't sleep yeah they don't i don't really understand but well they're dead they don't need it oh i guess their bodies don't get tired okay yeah i mean their bodies are frozen and also healed to perfection or whatever like they're good yeah. Any former ailments and like anything that anything bad that happens, the vampire venom fixes it and then they are frozen in that perfection. It just doesn't follow the conventions of vampires that we sure. traditionally know. So But that's okay. That's fine. I it doesn't make sense to me, but it's okay. It, it yeah. I don't like love I, that they sparkle. That is my honest opinion. I, don't love it. I also <laughs> don't love it but what can you do honestly my bone to pick with them is like why why do you keep going to high school and why do you sparkle but that's pretty much it after that do you remember the line that edward says to bella bring on the shackles i'm your prisoner i do not (laughs) but in chapter uh, 14 50 shades it's yeah that must have been the one line that like prompted 50 el james read that and was like oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go do it yeah all right do we want to hit some of the main events in this book yes so big thing she moves we we talked about she's moving to forks she sort of makes friends and she goes to science class for the first time bella and edward are our lab partners in biology together and uh, he is just immediately disgusted by Bella. She says that she smells herself because she thinks she might smell, and that might be why he looks so repulsed. She, she does that. And angry. Yeah. yeah. It's very obvious he doesn't like her, and then the bell rings, and he just storms on out. And then the next, yeah. Then the next week, she doesn't even see him yeah, at all. Yeah, he doesn't come to school. And she's very obsessed with this because she doesn't understand why he was acting that way and she wants to confront him but he's gone and then he comes back and all of a sudden his eyes are a different color and he's talking to her and asking questions about her and she's like intrigued by him and then all of a sudden it's an icy day and she almost gets hit by a van that a student's driving he's going too fast hit an icy patch happens and edward from across the parking lot somehow magically saves her and there's an edward sized dent in the van yeah so they go to the hospital bella gets checked out by carlisle edward's father and she starts questioning edward about what happened and edward's just kind of like can't you just thank me and get over it you don't know what you're talking about basically gaslighting her and she's like okay well whatever there's a girl's choice dance and she's like "Mm," to 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 be able to not 
go to the dance. She says she's going to Seattle that day. Right. So all the boys are asking and she says, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to Seattle. And then there's this one scene that I actually really liked where um, Edward stalls his car in front of Bella before they leave the parking lot. <laughs> and yeah. the guy who almost hit her gets out of his car in the car line and comes to ask yes. Bella to go to the girl's choice dance While with her. While they're waiting. Yeah. So the kid asks her, she's like, no, I'm going to Seattle. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, maybe prom. And she goes, maybe and then she looks in front of her and Edward's laughing and then he moves his car. Edward later says, like, I had to give him a chance. So Bella and Edward start hanging out at lunch and he's asking her all these yeah. questions. But then he tells her that he can't go to science class. He's going to ditch for that day. Also, I want to acknowledge that Edward is constantly described as smiling. Like Edward smiles yes. the entire conversation. He's very and happy. It's jarring and i i wrote down that i'm just getting some judy vibes from the one time that the the gang went to bossing say and judy was like there is no war in bossing say what uh avatar the last airbender oh no 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 okay well (laughs) any any avatar the last airbender fans out there will understand what i'm saying where judy judy and it doesn't matter anyway (laughs) he's smiling he's like everything's fine i'm always smiling and i was just like he's very likable when he starts i I find it a little creepy that he's just always smiling like if i were talking to you and i'm always smiling like wouldn't that be a little creepy oh well i didn't really read it that way i just read it that he was Mm -hmm. like interested and he's asking her these questions and it's cute like it's the beginning of a relationship and you're getting to know each other and you're like excited to be around each other um so that's how i read it but i get it anyways edward's like i'm gonna skip class today and she's like what and she goes to class and turns out they're blood typing and somehow she can smell blood and it makes her nauseous because it smells of rust and salt apparently honestly though i can relate to that because i i think that blood tastes like rust and salt well it tastes like it but like if you cut your finger I can't and it's smell like the blood, two no. feet away from it. You can't smell it. Maybe she like if you put got it to her your senses finger. mixed up. I don't know. Well, I yeah, I don't know. So she faints ish is on the board uh, on the verge of fainting. Mike is taking her to the health office. But then yes. Edward's like, what's wrong with her? I'll take her. And Mike gets yeah. all butt hurt because Edward decides he's going to take her to the health office. So they go to the health office and bella gets checked out and edward actually gets her out of school because he's like i think she needs to just go home and rest i can take her home i'm excused from my next class anyway which i don't think actually can happen but okay stephanie we'll go with it whatever also i just want to like fill in the timeline this is two months after bella has moved to forks how do you know it's two months after because i said it oh okay i believe you five I wrote it down. I wrote okay, down Edward remembering Bella's stepfather's name two months later is not good memory. It's creepy. <laughs> I remember people's I names. Two months after you had one individual conversation yeah. and like no more. Yeah. You remember what you remember my my stepdad's name? George. Nope. <laughs> like like she mentioned him once. Well, if it's important to him. But she meant. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. 
the next chapter, they go to La Push, the La Push Beach, which oh, yes. Edward doesn't go to because the Cullens don't come here. Someone brought a CD player. That cracked me up. <laughs> Sign of the times. Yeah, really. There are just so many, like a corded phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Dial and up. the fact that she, yes, and she emails her mom because texting is too expensive those days. Yes. Do you remember that? Relatable. We learned about the Quileute tribe and yeah. werewolves and vampires, and this is where Bella starts thinking maybe Edward is a vampire. She also high-key flirts with Jacob just to get information mm-hmm. out of him. Is diabolical. <laughs> Yeah. Then she has dreams of Edward being a vampire. Yep. Next chapter is... Port um, Angeles. Port Angeles, which is a big one. I have so many problems with this one. (laughs) Really? Mostly because of Bella's choices in this one. Well, yes, her choices are poor. So, So she goes with a couple of friends to Port Angeles to help them pick out dresses for this girl's choice dance and she's like excited to go with them i think that's important to acknowledge like she's she's like yeah i want to go yes she learns in this uh in this moment the girls tell her that tyler thinks he's taking bella to prom thanks edward thank you edward and then she decides that instead of going with the girls to find accessories or no they were gonna go to the boardwalk or something yeah they're gonna walk the boardwalk because they're waiting for dinner instead of that she's gonna go try and find a bookstore that she doesn't know where it is but she's gonna just go find it she doesn't even know if there is one she's just gonna go look and this is where my problems start i wrote why the hell is she meandering a town she's never been to by herself at night has she never seen 2020 I mean, I do that sometimes, but I have a cell phone, so, you know. Right, you have a cell phone, and she starts, she just starts walking randomly, and I wrote, how do you randomly find yourself walking in a warehouse district? Because she's just not paying attention. Yeah, how did you get there? And so... And then all of a sudden, there are four guys, and what they're implying is that she's going to get raped, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that they're going to physically assault her. Yes. And it's freaky. Like, as a a woman, like, reading this, it's like, yeah, this is a fear that I have. It's my worst nightmare. I don't like it. Terrifying. And she... And it's written very well. Yeah. Well, and she starts... She talks to them. Like, don't talk to them. Keep moving. Keep going. But then I think what she was realizing is that, like, the road is ending. Like, she has nowhere to move. That was terrifying. I was really scared. Yeah. And so she crosses the street, but then more guys are on the other side. Like, like they had split up. So two of them were following her. So she crosses the street. Turns out the other two are a little further down as she's walking back. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's scary. So she gets trapped, basically. Yeah. But no need to worry. The silver Volvo comes with our vampire and shining skin. Commercial for a Volvo. And and magically, Edward finds her and saves her and growls, I re- if I'm recalling correctly, Probably. towards these men. He starts driving her away from town. Yes. And she's like, I have to go back because I'm supposed to meet Jessica and Angela. Yes. And so he drives her back. And then they see the girls and they're like, Bella, where were you? We were waiting for you, but we got hungry, so we ate. And she's like. Yeah, which is, first of all, like, you don't do that. Those why are wouldn't you friends. go look for your friend? Those are crappy your friends. Your friend just left 
into a first of all i wouldn't let my friend walk in the city by themselves i would be yeah like, i'd be like oh if you want to go to a bookstore i'll come with you yeah you know like i don't have to go to on the boardwalk like i acknowledge that my friend here has never been to port angeles and she came with us and like she wants to go to a bookstore sure we've got time to kill let's all go to a bookstore the fact that these girls let bella leave and like by herself didn't insist on going with her crappy Mm-mm. and then that they ate their dinner without her because I know. where's bella i we don't were, know we were just hungry so we ate without you never exactly. never mind you could have been like raped and murdered on the streets of yeah. port angeles while we're and here she very eating well, like like it oh so many Mm-mm. problems so many mm-hmm. i got so angry so they're like oh my gosh bella where were you and then they see edward and they're like uh, Edward charms them and is like, um, we just got to talking and um, I can take Bella home and make sure she has something to eat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then the girls are like, oh, OK. And Jessica's like, call me later, Bella. And then they leave like yes. the piece of trash that they are. Um, yes. And then I wrote nothing like a casual first date after almost getting attacked by rapists. We- well, and Edward is very like, are you OK? Yeah. Be, like trying to make sure she's all right i do like w- how he responds in the situation he's trying mm-hmm. to make sure she's fine and she's just oblivious to what almost happened to her yeah which is concerning to me but maybe she's compartmentalizing i don't know anyways also why in all of these books do the female protagonists have to be saved at, because they're stupid and they need a man to like tell them damsel in distress right it's, i'm i'm over that narrative it's a trope but it's a trope. just a jarring pivot from like she almost gets raped in an alley to oh now we're on a cute first date where we're learning yeah. about each other um but it it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> well and then we realize that edward has been actively keeping an eye on her trying to keep her safe since essentially he met her yep that's creepy weird yeah also she keeps saying holy crow that's just that bothers me. I did not notice that she was saying that, probably because I was annoyed by it and I blocked it out. <laughs> well, I, I was annoyed by it, so I wrote it down. <laughs> um, and then they have this whole, like, vampire conversation in the car. Like, she's like, I think you're a vamp- like, you're, you're, you're a vampire, right? And he's like, And they, like, yep. talk about it on the drive over or, like, on the drive home as he's driving her back to Charlie's it's house. It's super casual and, like, not a big deal. <laughs> I know, and it's the bit like that's so. And then this is like the big quote from the, from the this book is at the end of this chapter about three things. I am absolutely positive. Gosh. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be that thirsted for my blood. And third. I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. My bullet point immediately after that is like, she barely knows him. So now they're dating, basically. Like he picks her up for school. They start talking nonstop. They're like asking questions back and forth and back and forth, trying to get to know each other. Right. So like you said, they're starting to hang out with each other. He picks her up for school and all this stuff. And my Mm -hmm. big thing is that Stephanie Meyer's really good at writing infatuation. Yes. Because. Yeah. I mean, that's where I said Edward is definitely dreamy. That feeling you get when (laughs) 
I mean, there were guys that I liked in college. And like anytime we hung out, I was like, oh, my gosh, he wants to hang out with me. And we're sitting so close to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think our knees just touched. And you get so excited and you go to sleep and you're excited because you're going to see them in the morning or you're going to see them the next day. She really did get that down really well. No, I totally agree. So and that was what was exciting for me reading it again was, oh, I miss feeling that way. And. You know, when you get to know someone and you get to spend time with them and you like them and like you're physically attracted to them. So that was my big thing. I think she does a really good job of um, capturing that emotion. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. Chapter 11 is when we learn why the book is called Twilight. That's that's the only highlight we have i have i mean i not like she she misses brown her favorite color is yellow topaz because it's the color of his eyes which i find disgusting because yellow topaz is the worst and then is this when she um talks about gemstones yes right i wrote how the hell does bella know so much about gemstones should i know more about gemstones no maybe i don't is that common knowledge i don't i have minimal knowledge because birthstones right Yellow topaz is November's birthstone, so I am intimately aware of the color, and I despise it with uh, passion. Mine is ruby. Oh, so I love ruby. It's about all I know. So chapter 12 is balancing. She takes cold medicine, and she calls it gratuitous drug use. Right. She's like, I need to sleep well. Gratuitous drug use isn't my thing, but I'm going to do it this one time. <laughs> it's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? You take your z girl. You take it. And then the next chapter is the meadow. So they go to the meadow and they spend time with each other and they get closer. Yeah. And that that's the scene that Stephanie Meyer dreamt of and wrote about. Yes. So, but mostly it's just they're in a meadow and they're talking about being together. Yeah. And then Edward says that she's become the most important thing to him. Yeah. And I found that very strange. Why did you find it strange? Because he's lived for 90 years and he's known her for two months. Right. He's an old man, which is very creepy. Yeah. And, like, he gets to live in his, like, healthy body and have the mind of, like, a vampire, which means he remembers everything. Her becoming the most important thing to him all of a sudden is, I think, out of character for him. And I guess we'll learn more when Midnight Sun comes out. Their love and infatuation for each other occurs rapidly. Yes. And it's concerning because it's like you haven't known each other that long and you're trusting her with all of this information. So anyways, it's just interesting. Like, okay, two months ago, I didn't even know you, but now you're my whole life, which maybe that happens. So they're in the meadow and then he takes her home and he stays with her. Yes. And when she finds out that Edward has been stalking her, she's flattered. He flat out told her that he watches her sleep. And she was flattered by that. You know, someone watching me sleep would terrify me because that is a nightmare. That's not okay. That's really creepy. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if I one day have a husband and, like, I wake up and he's asleep and I'm like, oh, wow, this is my husband. What a life. And I'm looking at him, like, Right, but he's supposed to be in that bed with you and you know that he's there. He belongs. (laughs) He belongs there and you gave him consent to be there. Bella did not give Edward consent. He's just stalking her. Right. And that's 
that's unhealthy that concerns yes. me as a child and i was is, like oh it's so cute that he's watching I her because he's so protective of her um and this is the chapter where edward says bring on the shackles i'm your prisoner <laughs> next chapter is when he introduces her to his family officially right she wakes up and he's in her bedroom and he's in the rocking mm-hmm. chair which creeps mm-hmm. me out and she jumps well, he's a into, grandpa yeah and she jumps into his lap and like puts her armor it just was so creepy i didn't like it she's just canoodling with him on the rocking chair and she's like i love you and he's like i love you and it i wrote that we moved from cute and endearing to awkward and creepy real quick um so she goes to the cullen's house which is in the middle of the the wood so basically the big point of this one is they meet the family yeah and they're all very like excited for her yeah for some reason i don't understand why this vampire family like i think they're just excited that edward found someone yeah but he himself is acknowledging that she cannot be a long-term thing there's no discussion of like changing her to a vampire right now they're they're just like sort of dating but like so wouldn't they be sort of cautious of the whole relationship because I think it's when people have been single for so long and then they finally find someone and they're dating and the family's like oh my I don't know. I think I get kind of Rosalie's uh, like opinion here of like you're literally putting the entire family oh, yeah. at risk. Oh yeah, 100% like, because you just like this girl and you've only been yeah, dating for like, like two days. Yeah, like yes, um, I 100% agree with her. Here? Rosalie yeah. is the voice of reason a lot of the time. True. We meet the Cullens. We get Carlisle's backstory, which is just that he's old and lived with. It was way too long. I hated the backstory. I lived with an Italian family for a while, learned at night, became doctor, then found all the people. And then Alice is like, let's play baseball. And Edward's like, yeah, Bella, you want to come? And Bella's like, "Uh, okay. And so they go play baseball because they're vampires and they're very loud and they need a thunderstorm to play baseball, I guess. And then... The bad vampires who have been killing humans in the area. They make an appearance and they're like, yo, we want to play baseball too. They show up and they're described as cat-like, always on the edge of crouching. So the three vampires come and they want to play baseball. And Edward's trying to conceal Bella so they don't tell that she's a human. He was like, put your hair down. I really don't understand why they have her put her hair down. Don't I don't either. I didn't I understand like that. I feel like hair smells. So, like, wouldn't it, if it's down, wouldn't it send more of the scent? Well, it does. The wind blows uh, against her hair, and then the vampires smell a human. And one of them is so intrigued by the human that he has decided that he's going to hunt her down because Edward had reacted to his reaction and now thinks that it's a challenge to get Bella and eat her. You know what we totally skated over? What? The fact that Edward reads minds. Oh, who cares? <laughs> and Alice sees the future. Well, I the only reason I like I'm bringing it up is because then um is then he's supposed to have this like amazing tracker ability. Oh, yeah. So that's why like not any vampire could do this, but he's some amazing tracker and so he's going to track her all over the country to Right get that blood get that blood they run away from the field 
and Edward and Bella Emmett and, they, and Alice and Alice and they are arriving out of town I guess and she's like nah you I gotta tell no, my dad I gotta tell my daddy and that section went on so long yeah Just, so the gist of it is that she decides that she's gonna protect her dad so she goes mm-hmm. and basically breaks up with her dad and it's like, yeah. I'm going back home. I hate Forks. And says the same thing that her mom said when she left him. And yeah. so now. Which is high key crappy, by the way. Yeah, that is rude. Um, I was really upset about how badly she hurt Charlie. I love Charlie. Like, don't he you. He is precious. Don't you hurt she Charlie. she doesn't deserve him. So that, those were my only two notes from the chapter that she does that in. How, how dare you do this to how Charlie? dare you hurt my charlie yeah but they decide that she's gonna she's gonna pack up and say she's running away to phoenix and um and so she does that charlie's sad rightfully so poor charlie so now then, edward and bella have to split up yes and so jasper and alice drive from forks washington to phoenix with bella why they actually went to phoenix I don't know. She calls her mom's house in Phoenix and leaves her phone number, which is just a bad move. James the Tracker tells her, I have your mother, and if you want to uh-huh. see her, you have to come to the ballet studio. Alone. Why? I'll know if you come with other people. And she, there's a quote that I wrote down. And then I carefully sealed away my heart. Oh, gosh. Oh, Bella. Just self-sacrificing. Edward's flying towards them because the tracker stopped hunting Edward. Right. And and so they go to the Phoenix airport pre-TSA. Um, and so they're, like, waiting in the terminal. And apparently it's the biggest terminal in the Phoenix airport. And magically there's this bathroom that has two entrances on, like, either sides of... I don't know. What I want to know is how Stephanie knows so much about the Phoenix airport. Like, did she get blueprints to know that this bat, like, no. like, is there a bathroom no, like that in the there's airport? there's not. And, and there's not a bathroom like that in the Phoenix airport. Are we sure? Do you yes, know? Yes, I've sure, been for to sure? the. Yes, for I've sure, for sure, for sure. I looked it up when I was a okay. child because I was like, where is this bathroom? I want to go to that bathroom because Well, because she says she's in the biggest terminal. Th- sorry. Okay. So she gets into this bathroom with two entrances, just runs, mm-hmm. gets on a shuttle from the airport to the hotel, and then gets into a cab, bribes the cabbie with $80 to drive her to Scottsdale. She's supposed to get to the house and then call him. So then she calls him and he's like, good job. Come to the ballet studio. So she runs. Come to the ballet studio for dance class. (laughs) So she runs from her home like a block and a half to the the ballet studio, falls and scrapes her hands. Because she's clumsy. Right. Then James does the typical villain thing where he gives, like, he goes through his entire plan. Um, and then James is like, all right, time to eat ya. And he, like, beats her up a little bit and bites her hand. And then an angel shows up. <laughs> Guess what? It's Edward. <laughs> and like magic, everything is fixed. And then she goes, I smell gasoline. Because <laughs> they're going to burn the floorboards. They burn the whole thing down. That You know what? That poor person who owns that dance I studio know. probably put all of their hard-earned money into that business it's insured so they so edward shows up and carlisle and alice and Emmett and jasper 
And we're assuming that most of them are taking care of ja- uh, of James. And then Carlisle is like, I'm going to save you, Bella. And she's got a broken femur. Then all of a sudden they realize that she has been her, bitten. She has, she has been bitten. And for some reason, Carlisle says Edward has to, like, suck the blood out of her. I don't know why Carlisle why? couldn't have done it. Edward sucks the venom out of Bella's body. Then, all of a sudden, she wakes up in a hospital. And the excuse is that she fell down some stairs and flew out a window. As one does. Which everyone buys. Edward makes comments about it's safer for her if she's not with him. Yeah, and you can see him preparing to leave her. Like, this is very well setting up the next book. Yeah, and so... And she, like, freaks out. She's like, please don't, because she's become Mm -hmm. codependent on him. And then he promises that he'll stay with her as long as it's good for her. Right. And then we have an epilogue where he takes her to prom. Yep. And uh, Charlie's very suspicious of Edward now. Which makes sense. um, She gets ready for prom with Alice at the Cullen's house. Alice, like, dresses her up. And um, very Alice thing to do. Yes. And then Charlie calls Edward, I believe, to inform him that Tyler has showed up to Charlie's house to take Bella to prom. And so Edward speaks briefly with Tyler to say that um, he will be taking her to prom. (laughs) And then Jacob shows up, um, who we've only seen very minimally in this book. He has been paid by his father to warn her to break up with Edward, I guess. Yeah. And that's it. That's the book. What a literary experience. How would you rate this book uh, zero to five vampire bites? I would give it three vampire bites. It's not the best book I've ever read. There are lots of cute parts in it, and there are lots of problematic parts in it, and then there are parts that don't make any sense. But yeah. it's overall, it's a pretty enjoyable experience, especially if it gives you some nostalgia for that time that you were really into it. So For sure. What about you? How many Vampire Bites would you give it? I think one to five Vampire Bites, I've got to give it like a two. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. There are definitely, like, the the Edward dreamy parts and, like, the infatuation parts are, Mm -hmm. like, well-written. Yes. Um, I think I'm more interested in it because I used to be interested in it, you know? Yes. 100%. I don't think reading this, I'm like, wow, what a good book. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's, like, recalling how I used to love it. Right. And um, two out of five vampire bites for me. If I'm being completely honest, I got really bored towards the end and really had to force myself to finish it. Yeah. And I really wasn't paying attention to a whole lot of it. Me too. Because I was just like, I want it over with. One can only hope that it gets better as the books go, but also I think historically sequels are not always better. Right. I understand why I liked it when I was 13, but now I'm going to read something else. I mean, you're going to read the next, like, seven books of it, though, because... I know. Well, we're definitely reading Midnight Sun, you know? Yeah, I'm getting that in the mail today. It's it's not going to be a super fast turnaround. We're not influencers here. We were not sent the book early to, like, put out a 
a review the day it comes out or anything. Right, right. So, do we have any final thoughts, Jordan? I'm intrigued to watch the movie and see how closely related it is to the book because I remember the movies a lot more than I remembered the book, and there are, there are very stark differences. Very, yes. I think that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our first episode. That's Twilight, y'all. Thank you, Jordan, for podcasting with me. Yes, anytime. And you can <laughs> find us on Facebook and Instagram at Jordan and Rebecca Pod. You can also email us at Jordan and Rebecca Pod at gmail.com. Send us some recommendations to review, comments, questions. We're anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Jordan and Rebecca.